news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for today's podcast. We thank you for those who have tuned in. We pray for healing in this country. We pray for healing from COVID-19. We pray for healing for the upcoming flu season. We pray for peace during the civil unrest. We thank you for the prayers and the support for this first year of great ministries. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue to look at the parables of Jesus this week and remain in Matthew's gospel. The parable of the lost sheep is found in Matthew 18, verses 12 through 14. Jesus says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Folks, the mission of Jesus Christ is to seek and save the lost. We all know someone who is lost, but do we put any effort into going after them? I submit to you that we have become comfortable with the 99 because they're not going anywhere. It takes less effort to have a hallelujah good time with the 99 than to go out and seek the one. COVID-19 got us out of our comfort zone. With churches closing and offering only virtual church services, members can no longer see who's missing each week. One week, you're with all the sheep. The next week, you're with none of the sheep. Although this parable is about finding those who do not know Jesus Christ, due to COVID-19, I have a slightly different meaning. We often depend on the pastor of the church to do all of the lost sheep gathering. But due to COVID-19, believers have a larger role to play in tending to each other. By now, you may have identified those who have underlying health issues that you know, especially the elderly. Are we reaching out to those who have underlying spiritual health issues? The job of going after the one didn't change on account of the virus. Call them, text them, FaceTime them, Zoom them, do whatever you need to do safely, but reach out for the one. They are looking for the rest of the flock, but the flock has been home five or six months. Please know that your Heavenly Father will come looking for you if you get lost. We must do the same. The parable of the unmerciful servant is unique to Matthew's gospel and is found in Matthew 18, verses 23 through 35. As I paraphrase this parable, Jesus teaches that the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. This king expected servants to take care of business, but one servant owed 10,000 talents, which is in excess of $12 million in today's money. This amount would have been impossible to pay, so the king ordered the servant, his wife and children, and all that he had to be sold to pay the debt. The servant begged the king for mercy, and the king had compassion on him and forgave the debt of the servant. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii, or about 100 days' wages. The unmerciful servant took the fellow servant by the throat, 
demanding payment. His fellow servant begged for mercy, but the unmerciful servant threw him into prison. Now when the other servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and told the king what had happened. The king called the servant and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have the same compassion for your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? The king had the servant tortured until he paid back everything that was due. Jesus finishes the parable stating, So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart doesn't forgive his brother his trespasses. My Christian friends, this country continues to be plagued by senseless violence from the police as well as civilians. What needs to happen is an apology, a national apology, followed by forgiveness, national forgiveness. Neither one looks like it's forthcoming because of pride. Proverbs 16 and 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. The parable of the workers in the vineyard is also unique to Matthew and is found in Matthew 20 verses 1 through 16. Jesus begins the parable with these words, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. The landowner and the laborers agreed that the pay would be one denarius, which was one day's wages. Then he sent them into the vineyard at 6 a.m. He hired more workers at 9 a.m., 12 noon, and 3 p.m., and told them he would pay them whatever is right. He hired the final group of workers at 5 p.m. At the end of the workday, the landowner instructed the paymaster to pay the workers, starting with the last men hired. The 5 p.m. group were paid one denarius, as were the 3 p.m., 12 noon, and 9 a.m. group. When it was time to pay the 6 a.m. group, they expected to be paid more. After all, they had worked all day, while the 5 p.m. group had only worked a short time, but received a full day's pay. When the 6 a.m. group received the same pay as the 5 p.m. group, they complained to the landowner, saying they had worked all day in the heat, while the 5 p.m. group only worked an hour, yet received the same pay. Folks, in today's world, these workers may have called the Department of Labor or the United Farm Workers to voice their complaints. But this parable is about how Jesus pays, not what man expects. Listen to the landowner's reply in Matthew 20, verse 13. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go on your way. I wish to give the last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? My friends, human beings have the capacity to become jealous and envious of what you have been blessed with. They have the evil eye mentioned in Matthew 20 and 15. This parable answers Peter's question in the previous chapter of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 27. Peter says, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? This parable explains God's grace, that God blesses those in the way he wants to bless. This parable reminds us that no matter what stage in life that you get saved, young, middle-aged, or old, you get to go to the same heaven as the disciples. Jesus finishes this parable in Matthew 20 and 16. So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. In this verse, Jesus is telling us that God calls many, but he chooses who he will bless with an overabundance of grace. 
The parable of the two sons is also unique to Matthew's gospel, found in Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32. This parable was spoken to the chief priests and the religious leaders when they asked Jesus, Who gave you this authority? Jesus responds, What do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work in my vineyard. The son answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second son and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. My Christian comrades, Jesus is teaching that there are only two types of people, those who will do the will of God and those who don't. Going to church is not an automatic qualifier for doing God's will. It's easy to say, I repent of my sins, but harder to do. There are people who surround the unbelievers, testifying about the goodness of God, how he opened doors, how he healed them, and yet they will not believe. You can imagine the shock of the chief priests and the elders when Jesus told them that tax collectors and prostitutes would enter into heaven. A tax collector was one level above a slave, and a prostitute was one level above a tax collector. But it was because they repented that they would enter God's heaven. My friends, it doesn't matter to God what you did in your old life. He has a new life for you. But you must be like the first son. You must repent, change your mind, and do God's will. It's not too late. You can make a change today. Pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for giving me the opportunity to repent of my sins and do your holy will. Take away the old self and install a new self in me. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries as we celebrate our first year anniversary next week. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to greatministries.org, click on the donate button, or write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or call us 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.